So today uh, we're uh, observing the appearance of uh, Lord Chaitanya 560 years ago. 30, 30. Huh? Excuse me, 530 years ago. I figured it out. 530 years ago. We have a calendar that begins then, so this is the year 530. You can start that way too. Error of era of Lord Chaitanya. So it's described uh, how there is a particular feature of Lord Chaitanya that actually he is an eternal aspect of the Lord. Uh, uh, Krishna is a person. Prabhupada used the term Supreme Personality of Godhead. Now, it's the nature of people, of a person, that they are in relationships with other people. A few of us avoid other people. <laughs> Generally, that's the case. For you. All right. Human beings. Our persons are social. We mix together. And you don't know what somebody is like until you are in their company. You talk to each other and then their personality becomes developed. So of course a name for God is absolute. The opposite of absolute is relative. Relative means related. So people try to think of God as just absolute. No relationships. The philosophers, especially the impersonalists, they take this route, the absolute truth. And they go so far as to say that that absolute truth is the only thing that there is. Even this world doesn't really exist. This teaching is called Mayavada. Everything is Maya. And so there's only one thing, and that's Brahman. And neither you, nor I, nor anything else is really there. It's simply a product of illusion. That's the teaching. However, God is cleverer than that because he's both supremely absolute and supremely relative. How does he do that? Well, the definition of the absolute truth, this is the word Brahman in the Vedas, ekam eva aditya Brahman. Brahman is that besides which there is no second thing. That's the definition. It's in the Upanishads. Ekam Eva Adityya Brahman. There's no second thing. Also, there you think, brother. There's no relationships. 
However, it also says that another definition of Brahman, Janma Dasa Yataha, that from which everything comes. Well, then there's everything. There's Brahman and everything that comes from Brahman. So the philosophy given to us by Lord Chaitanya uh, it goes by the name of Achincha Beta Beta Tattva. Uh, that means nothing is different from Krishna, but Krishna is different from everything. In other words, Krishna includes all his energies because. Uh, the absolute truth has energies, shakti, powers, uh, the, uh, 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 and he includes all that. There's the spiritual energy, the material energy, there's all the living beings. We are all part and parcel of Krishna. So he includes everything. Nothing is different from Krishna. Yet Krishna is different from everything. He also, at the same time, transcends everything. Or Prabhupada puts it this way in the Chaitanya Charitamrita. There is nothing but Sri Krishna. Yet nothing is Sri Krishna, save and except his own primordial personality. So the best way to understand this is just to say it over and over again. <laughs> because it's called achincha, inconceivable. It defies at least our material logic. So you can just memorize it. Nothing is different from Krishna, yet Krishna is different from everything. And then the thing is, when we become purified by the process of devotional service, when our consciousness becomes cleared of our own uh, faults and our own personal God projects, uh, then uh, we find out we can see that. We can see everything that way. So Krishna is supremely relative also. He's related. What's his mother's name? Yashoda. God has a mother? Yeah. Are you? Is he born like us? No, not exactly. But he likes to enjoy that relationship, the little baby being cuddled by a mother. And the devotee who is mother gets to have the Lord, the supremely attractive Lord as her baby, best baby there ever was. So we find that, that Krishna has all these relationships. And where he is especially shown that way is in Vrindavan. Now normally... Also, one thinks of God as majestic. When you think of God as a person. Yeah, he's a person, but very powerful. Uh, 
And therefore, when you see God, you have to bow down, cover your head, uh, stand back in awe and reverence. This is most theistic religions, their idea of God, somebody you are, yeah, attracted to, but afraid of at the same time. And you are very, very small, and God is very large. And that's true. He's all-powerful. And the size of a jiva, according to the Vedas, is one ten-thousandth the tip of a hair in size. One quarter of an angstrom unit. Some of my colleagues who know the stuff have said. Very, very small. We're tiny, the jiva, the spirit soul. Uh, so, the Lord... <coughs> has his majestic side uh, and in the Vedic literature this is Lord Narayan where his power is shown to everybody you really see how great he is and a lot of people they wouldn't obey God if they weren't afraid of him so well, he has that aspect that makes people afraid The God of the of the, the Christians and the Jews and the Muslims, same thing. Very much afraid of him. And it's not wrong, but it's partial. What do you think God does? He sit by himself and everybody's afraid? He can't enjoy personal relationships? <laughs> So in the Vedas, in the Vaikuntha planets, we see where the Supreme Lord is majestic as Narayana. He's worshipped in awe and reverence. And in India, there are temples to Vishnu or to Lord Narayana, which are like that. Also, Krishna, when he's in Dwarka, he has that aspect. He's like a king on a throne. But also when Krishna appeared 5,000 years ago, he came and he showed his Vrindavan pastimes. This short period of time, but it was there. There, you don't have the urban Krishna. You have the rural Krishna. Here you have Krishna as a barefoot cowherd boy. That's not revealed to many people because if they think of God like that, then they think, oh, well, I'm better than God. So he kind of keeps it quiet. But once in a while, out of his mercy, once in a day of Brahma, actually, once every 1,000 yuga cycles, he descends and he shows his Vrindavan Leela, his pastimes in Vrindavan, where he appears to be a very simple village boy with uh, 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 village girls who milk the cows and boil the milk and other boys he goes out and, and plays with. <laughs> 
looks like a simple scene. Although you may be familiar with these verses that begin Chintamani Prakara Sadmasu Kalupa Viksha Lakshavite Su Suraviratipaliam Tam Lakshmi Sahasta Satasam Raman Sadyamanam Govinda Mahari Purusham Tamaham Bajami. This is describing Vrindavan, that rule scene. But it's what it's saying is, yeah, there are houses made of field stones, you know, the rocks you see laying around. Every rock is Chintamani. Chintamani means a, a, a spiritual gem, and if you have just one little Chintamani stone, wherever you touch it, it turns it into gold. Like the philosopher's stone of ancient times, rumors about these things. So every stone is precious. Those, those field stones, those rocks, and the trees. He's out in the forest everywhere. There are trees growing wild. Every tree is a kalpa viksha. Kalpa viksha means it satisfies all your desires. You can get anything you want, any fruit you want, anything you want from these trees. Kalpavriksha. You don't see them very often on earth, but they're there. Lakshmi Sahasta Sattva Sattvaman Sayyamana Audiasari. Chintamani Prakara Sadmasu Kalpavriksha Lakshavite. Surabhirapi Palianda. Yeah, he's herding the cows. So there's lots of little cows. But each cow is a surabi cow. Surabi cow means that that cow also, uh, its milk will give you anything you want. In the Srimad Bhagavatam, you can read about a war that was fought over one surabi cow. They're so valuable. Uh, you perform a sacrifice with the with a ghee from a surabi cow, it will always give you whatever you want. Well, these cows are very valuable. But there's not just one. There's a herd of surabi cows. And then every one of those village girls, every one of them is a goddess of fortune, Lakshmi. In the West, we're familiar with the goddess of fortune, Lady Luck. The gamblers who go, hey, come on, come on, come on, make some luck. You know, if you don't have good fortune, nothing works out. You can be so smart, you can have money, everything, and the luck is against you, you lose. So there's a goddess, huh? who's in charge of that, Lakshmi. In India, there are people that worship Lakshmi, so that good fortune will come. But it's known that she doesn't stay in any one place very long. Goes away. So in Vrindavan, every one of those. But in Vrindavan, it's concealed. All that opulence is concealed. It looks like just a rural setting. So here, the Lord can enjoy intimate relationships. He's God, but He causes His devotees to forget that He's God. Or they know, but they keep forgetting. Once in a while they realize it, but then they forget it. Because 
they love him in a very intimate way. Like his, like Yashoda, his mother, Nanda, his father, the other, Subal and the other, cowherd boy. They're, they're buddies. They, they play around. Uh, sometimes they tease him. They steal his lunch. Uh, they play. And they enjoy spiritual bliss in this way. So this is why when Krishna appears as Vrindavan, he's showing his intimate life. That's higher. To know God in that way. For example, let's say in England you do some big service. And they say, we're going to uh, give you a knighthood. You can call yourself Sir So-and-so. And this is the custom. And so there's a ceremony, and you go to Buckingham Palace, and the Queen of England, this is old-fashioned, but they still do it there, takes a sword and puts it on your shoulders, and arrives, sir, so-and-so, you know, and you've made it, you know, so you can think, I have been to Buckingham Palace. I have seen the Queen. I have been recognized by her. So that's pretty elevated. What's even more elevated is one the guy that goes to Buckingham Palace, goes around the back door, comes into the kitchen, and into the room where the Queen and all her family are having breakfast, and she's feeding her little corgi dogs and everything, and you sit down, and say, hi, Betty. <laughs> You're friends, huh? No ceremony, no big thing, but you have a right to be able to walk in like that. You are more rare, that's more rare thing than, than anything else. So this is why Krishna's Vrindavan pastimes are special. Here, Although they look like ordinary people, these are spiritual beings in spiritual body. Uh, for ourselves, we are not our bodies. The, the, the soul is one thing, the body is another thing, the mind is another thing. Uh, we are covered with different layers matter, manas, buddhi, so on. But we're not those things. We're the spirit soul. Uh, in the spiritual world, they are spiritual bodies. They are their bodies. And so, this is what happens. Prabhupada described this once. Uh, we were in a New Vrindavan for, for Janmashtami. And he was looking at the deities, Radha Vrindavan Chandra, and he said, he said like this. He said, Radharani looked at Krishna. No, I think he started the other way. He said, Krishna looks at Radharani. And he sees how beautiful she is. And when Krishna sees how beautiful Radharani is, he becomes happier. His beauty and his happiness increases. And because he's 
happiness in, his happiness increases, his beauty increases. When people are happy, they look better. Of course, there's a limit to how far you can go because we have, we are one thing and our bodies are something else. But when Krishna uh, becomes happier, he can. He really looks more beautiful. And, and when Krishna becomes more beautiful, Radharani looks at Krishna and says, Oh, Krishna's become even more beautiful. And she becomes more joyful. And when she becomes more joyful, her beauty increases. And then Krishna sees that Radharani has become even more beautiful. His happiness increases and his beauty increases and then it goes like this, there's no end. Always increasing. This is because there are relationships. There are relationships between uh, Krishna and Radharani. She is his favorite gopi. And he has that relationship. Most people have the sad idea that God is just a bachelor. <laughs> Most men I know don't like being bachelors. They end up getting a, not a wife or girlfriend, or, or one or two or three or four, anyway. <laughs> but they think like that. God is like a lonely old man. But then he has these relationships with his devotees. His devotees. So Radharani is his major devotee. He's enchanted with her. She's enchanted with him. And so now we come to the appearance of Lord Chaitanya. Krishna thinks. That, that 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 Radharani's love for me is wonderful and amazing. And I'm overwhelmed by how, how much love she feels for me. He says, so, but I can't, I can't really understand it. I can't, I can't tell what it's like. Because after all, Krishna is the loved object. But he looks at what Radharani is. And then he says, you know, she feels actually more bliss than I do. And I want, I'm supposed to be the supreme enjoyer, yet from me she feels all this bliss, and I'm missing out on that. I'd like to, you know, feel it myself. And then Krishna says, her love for me is so amazing. What is it about me that makes her love me so much? But I can't tell because, you know, I'm the loved object, I'm, uh, you know. But I, you know, I like to see what I look like from her point of view. This is God's desire. He's not to be thwarted. So therefore, he has this aspect of Lord Chaitanya. He comes as a devotee. He appears as a, a devotee so he can enjoy 
being a devotee uh, and, and loving Krishna the same way that Radha does. This is Lord Chaitanya. He's Krishna who has assumed the complexion and the feelings of Radharani. This is why he does this. Now this is also an eternal feature of the Lord. But he comes to the earth also, just as Krishna descends, once in a day of Brahma. At that time when Krishna appears and shows his Vrindavan pastimes, later on in that same yuga cycle, Lord Chaitanya appears. So not only so he can uh, relish all those feelings and uh, all those things, but that he can give it to other people. He can give others access to Krishna's Vrindavan pastimes. So it is said in the Chaitanya Charitamrita, the uh, a biography of, of Lord Chaitanya, written by Krishna Das Kaviraj. He says to uh, in there uh, that 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 uh, I just lost my train of thought. How about that? It's Seventy-one years old, right now. This is happening. My thoughts take wings and fly out of my head. So so. When he comes, when he comes, he's, he wants to make Krishna accessible. It's, and so, a, what, what, what? It says in Chaitanya Charitamrita that when Krishna appeared five thousand years ago, the 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 warehouse, the storehouse of love of God, descended with him, but it remained locked. No one could really get access to it, or only a few very rare souls could appreciate it. But that when Lord Chaitanya came with his associates, and they chanted and danced, they, in doing so, they broke the lock uh, uh, on the warehouse, the storehouse, and they plundered the contents. They, and gave it to everybody. And they didn't care who was fit and who was unfit. Which is how I'm a devotee. <laughs> because very unfit. I always wondered if, if, if what Krishna consciousness is, is so elevated and so high, how come I know about it? Well, it's because of the mercy of Lord Chaitanya and his associates. So this is the Yuga Dharma, the way for the sages, Sankirtan. To glorify the Lord, but to do it in the association of devotees. It's a social activity. Sankirtan, that word san means together. So we are glorifying Krishna together. Uh, and that is the process. Uh, that's the, the, the way for the sage. And uh, sometimes you, you can see that uh, we have on our altars the Panchatattva, uh, Lord Chaitanya, five features. There's Chaitanya, who is Krishna himself. There, uh, there, uh, 
There's Nityananda, who's his first expansion, who in Vrindavan Leela was Balaram. There's Advaita Acharya, uh, who's the next expansion, who's, who's uh, actually Mahavishnu. Uh, uh, that's the Vishnu Tattva side and the Shakti Tattva side. There's Gadadhar, incarnation of uh, Radharani. Uh, and then there is uh, uh, Srivas, who's Jiva Tattva. There's Vishnu Tattva in the category of Vishnu. And then there's Shakti in the category of God's energetic expansions. And finally, the Jiva Tattva. But all is there. All the features of the Lord are there. Remember, we're also part of Krishna. Krishna includes everything. So we have our place uh, uh, within uh, uh, Krishna. So that, that's... <coughs> so you can see that this is very, very important that we have a movement that's social. That we, together, we come together and we glorify Krishna together. When, when Prabhupada uh, uh, established the governing body for our International Society for Krishna Consciousness, <clears throat> he said, he, he had, instead of having one person in charge, there's a group, a committee, a governing board. And he said that every year the, that governing body should meet and its should discussion should be unity in diversity. So we are individuals. Each one of us is different. Every person is different. Uh, every individual is different. And that difference is important. It, 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 but that has to be unified. Otherwise, well, it's chaos. Like in art. Uh, art beauty in art is unity and diversity. If you have just unity, it's a canvas with nothing but black paint or something. It's boring. monotonous just unity by itself diversity by itself without any unity is chaos so when you have but if you could have both together somehow then we usually think of that as something very beautiful where it all comes together you look at a great work of art you see how there's diverse things in the scene but somehow the artist has brought them together in a specially unified way. Uh, unity and diversity. Uh, so really if you can, you know, the greater the diversity, the greater the value of the unity. So diversity is good that we're each individuals. Uh, uh, and, and together we have to learn how to work together. The 
in in this this book that uh, that I wrote. This is the German translation. If you go to, I won't do it now because of time. But there's a whole section beginning on uh, page 48 about cooperation, how important it is. Because Prabhupada said, one of his last things he said, that your love for me will be shown by how you cooperate together to spread this movement. When you cooperate, you know, another thing it does is it increases strength. If five people go and do something and they each do it independently, well, that will accomplish something. But if those five people can work together to do the same thing, they'll have the power of 15. That's, a, that's the principle of cooperation. It's a force multiplier. Uh, so that's what we are trying to do in our Krishna Consciousness Movement. And we have people, you can see how many people are here from so many different countries and so many different backgrounds. And somehow we managed to come together. And it's the same way all over the world uh, with the Krishna Consciousness Movement. Uh, that's why Prabhupada liked this term, International Society for Krishna Consciousness. Uh, he actually, he act, actually, he tried to preach in India, but people were not interested. He said that you're just interested in economic development. That's all people were concerned with. That was weird. They're feeling, oh, we're a backward country and all these more, as they say, advanced nations. I mean, what's your standard for advancement? That's another thing. The actual standard is Cleanliness, austerity, mercifulness, and truthfulness. That's the standard. If people are becoming more and more clean, more and more austere, more and more merciful, and more and more truthful, that's advancement. These are called the four legs of Dharma. Dharma, uh, religious principles, like a cow that stands on four legs, and these are four legs: cleanliness, austerity, mercifulness, and truthfulness. And it said, in this age, Kali Yuga, the only thing that's left uh, is a, a little bit of truthfulness. But guess what's happening to that? The big propaganda machines, advertising—you can't believe a word you hear. People believe everything you posted on Facebook or something, and you next know the lie is all around the world. And, and this is a truth. All these these are the four legs. So these, this is actually the standard of advancement. So we should judge. Are people becoming more and more clean, austere, merciful, and truthful? Not happening. So, but when Prabhupada and the in the 50s, you know, America was the big country, you know, because so much economic development, that's all people were looking at. And he could not interest anybody in India in his old-fashioned... So he came to America. As it turned out, he got on a boat, and that's where it was going, basically. It wouldn't have gone anywhere he could go, but... 
his spiritual master had ordered him to preach in the West, and he thought, well, I'm 70 years old, let me do something the tail end of my life to satisfy my spiritual master. So he came to America. And amazingly enough, there were people who were interested in what he had to say. Uh, and there was uh, uh, one early book about Iskand called The Hare Krishna Explosion. Like really, there was a lot of people, like my age actually, our generation. Yeah, my, my, my father fought in World War II. Uh, uh, we are the children of that uh, people who fought and sacrificed so much. <clears throat> they were born and you know, raised up in the, during the Depression. Then they fight this big war. They say, we're going to give you everything we didn't have. Here it is, you know. Give it to us. But it was. No, it was nice, but still, what's, what's life for? Just to have this stuff? Is that it? A nice house? All you enjoy is a little middle health happiness, really. Oh, I have a nice house. Oh, I have, I have, I have an important position. Then you die. What, what's it for? So some of us could understand that something was missing. So we're trying different things and trying to find higher truth, drugs and you know, LSD and all that stuff. And Prabhupada came at the right time and the right place. Krishna is in charge of time. And all of a sudden, they're chanting Hare Krishna and amazingly giving up intoxication, giving up illicit sex, shaving our heads, long hair. You know, people had those days when they were shaved. <laughs> so when this happened, well, then Prabhupada sent three married couples to England. Just try, why don't you spread the movement there? They go to England. I'll make a long story short. They make contact with the Beatles. Prabhupada had made a record in, in America, in, in New York City, kind of very obscure, kind of off-label called The Happening. But he made a record of chanting Hare Krishna. The Beatles had gotten that record when they were touring in America. And so, you know, George was looking for the Hare Krishnas and they showed up in London and the next thing they know, they sit down in the studio and George Harrison arranges a record with the, uh, some of their songs and they put out a record on Apple label and the Hare Krishna mantra becomes the number one song. And the band has to go <clears throat> to concerts and everything. The Radha Krishna Temple, that was the, the group's name, you know, and they chanted Hare Krishna everywhere they went. They even came to Hamburg, by the way, in those days. They had a big kirtan in Hamburg. And so this is how. So then Prabhupada went back to India and asked those same devotees who had gone to London now come to India. And then he went through India with his, his, his white disciples. 
and they chanted and go, oh, it was quite a sensation. Quite a sensation. And he said, I'm teaching them that these are the people that have everything you want and they're coming to get what you've forgotten. That was his point. That was his point. So this is, uh, this is Lord Chaitanya's movement. Uh, Lord Chaitanya, it's, it's the Yuga Dharma, the way for this age. It was predicted that one day it will, will spread all over the world, and we've seen this happening in our lifetime. Now, the more we work together and cooperate together, uh, uh, just like in that condition, we will find out our own spiritual identity. Just as Radha and Krishna are continuously revealing each other to each other, increasing in beauty, in bliss, so many varieties of wonderful things, we also are being asked to become part of this. It's not just Radha and Krishna. Uh, Radha has lots of people participating, lots of people helping. Uh, you know. So we are, we are supposed to become part of this party. The, 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 this, the kingdom of Krishna is always increasing. Everyone is having a good time. No one gets tired. No one needs a break. Everything is always new. Everything is more and more interesting. And we are supposed to contribute. I'll just say one last thing. Each of us is a unique individual. As a spirit soul, we're not all identical. It's not like we're just one aid after another or something, you know, dot. Each one is an individual. And Krishna wants a relationship with each one of us. Somehow we have rejected that relationship. Most people here, the reason we've rejected that relationship is because, yeah, Krishna's pretty powerful, but you know, the one problem, he's God and I'm not. So you find most of us in this world have our own personal God project going. Sometimes it's a very little God project, but it's a God project. I once worked in an office, and uh, the lowest status person was the lady who sat at the front desk and just, uh, you know, told people where when they came and where they could go to find the person they're looking for. That's all she did. But she had one other power. She had the key to the supply closet. If you wanted pencils or pens or typewriter ribbon, this was a long time ago, typewriter ribbon, any, any supplies you need, you, you had to go to her. And then you had to pay obeisances if she, you failed in her disfavor, you had to buy these things out of your own pocket. Uh, so she, had, she was the lord of all she surveyed because she surveyed very little, just that supply closet of the laws. So in this way, people are somehow rather, Prabhupada gave the example that somebody who has nothing, 
they buy one dog and now I am the master. I have a dog and it has to obey me. God projects are going on. Others won't be happy until they become president of the United States or whatever. But they're going to figure out various ways of doing these things. Uh, so we should give up on that. Krishna is the supreme personality of Godhead. We can't compete. But he wants us, wants a relationship with, with us because he is attracted to us. Then why are you there? We could be having so much fun. We're having this party and you're just, you know, just sitting it out. Don't sit there. Don't be like that. So this is our Sankirtan movement. And uh, Lord Chaitanya has come to give everybody a chance. Very, very, very powerful method of just chanting the Hare Krishna mantra. It's three words, Hare Krishna and Rama. But then those, in each of those words is none different from Krishna. Uh, he's non-dual. So Krishna and Krishna's name are the same. So that when I say Krishna's name, I'm associating with Krishna. Krishna's there, dancing on the top. And he's the supreme pure, so I become purified. So if we cultivate this name for a little while, I mean, very portable, right? I mean, you could carry it anywhere. It's, it's easy, to, easy to carry around. You can chant Hare Krishna everywhere sitting on the bus, <laughs> mowing the lawn, whatever, you know, you can chant Hare Krishna. And, and uh, if you uh, want to really develop, we tell you how you can actually chant Hare Krishna and try to avoid offenses, and then the power of that mantra will become more and more obvious. Lust, greed, anger, all these things will go away, if you want them to go away. Now, if you don't want lust to go away, then you... But see, you have to understand, these are bondage. But if you, if, if, you, if you want lust to go away, greed to go away, anger to go away, uh, greed, all these things, I mean, basically, that would destroy the economy, right? Lust, greed, and anger, this, but... That's okay, you can be a revolutionary too. A new society. They'll go away. And then as they go away, you discover who you are eternally, your own identity, and who Krishna is. Because we are like this with Krishna. We are part and par Prabhupada uses this term part and parcel. We are part and parcel of Krishna. What, what, what uh, in the West we call the soul, in Sanskrit is Atma. Atma means self. It's the reflexive pronoun, myself. That, that's me. I am the self. Krishna's name, of that, that aspect that he is joined with us right now, is called Paramatma. He's also Atma. He's the self of the self. So actually, he's closer to us than anything else around us. I'm spirit, 
My own body is matter. This table is matter. But Krishna is the self of the self. He's also spirit. But very, very close. So all that can, is waiting to be realized. And we can do it in the company of others by following uh, and receiving uh, the, the gift of Lord Chaitanya. A and he wants us. Krishna wants us back. Uh, how, how do I know that? Because I can see the work that Srila Prabhupada did to bring Krishna consciousness to me. Other people. I was looking for something, I couldn't find it, and then suddenly I hear a ding, 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 you know, one thing. Oh, let me see what this is about. <coughs> and, and not just Prabhupada, but his spiritual master. He started in 1928, and within uh, uh, about 15 years, there were uh, Krishna, uh, Hare Krishna temples all over India, and even in Burma. And in 1933, there were preachers in England. They're going to start a temple in England. So that was the first effort to go to the West with big effort. Uh, bad timing in one way. I, well, I mean, 1933 was also the same year that, that Hitler was appointed the uh, chancellor. By the end of that year, he had... Uh, dictatorial power, so all hell was about to break loose for a while. Uh, but they came, and then everything stopped, and then Prabhupada saw what his spiritual master wanted, tried to get everybody to work together, but they had different interests, so he just came by himself. Uh, well, let's don't, let, let's don't delay anything now. Uh, each one of us do what we can to increase our own Krishna consciousness. Two things, become Krishna conscious ourselves and give it to others. That way we are part of Lord Chaitanya's mission. We should all take that opportunity to heart. Especially with remembering the appearance of Lord Chaitanya, we should think about that. Thank you very much. Srila Prabhupada. Do we have time? Uh, there's some questions or comments? Additions? We have a microphone to. Huh? No? You can come up here. You can take this microphone. You can ask them. There you have one. Okay, good. You have one? We always have one in America. Everyone has a microphone in America. <laughs> the loudest people on it. Most amplified. Anybody would like to ask a question or make a comment? Now's your chance. Just raise your hand. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. I have a question. Uh, why is Rukmani and Chamanti not be hailed in the same way as, as Radha, being one of Krishna's wife? Uh, we don't mean to neglect them. 
but uh, they, they are they are Krishna's queens in Dwarka. Uh, when 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 Krishna is in Dwarka, then he becomes royal, uh, and uh, that relationship uh, between Krishna and his queens, to whom he's married, you know, Radharani is girlfriend uh, uh, but this, this this is a married relationship but you know married relationships are more formal ceremonious uh, so uh, it's not that we wish to neglect them uh, but all of all of these people are also just just as when Krishna is in Dwarka it's the same Krishna, but in another aspect. So the other queens are also expansions of Radharani. So they will be included uh, in that. Uh, if some, some people worship Krishna in Dwarka with, uh, with, with Rukmini, uh, even uh, interestingly enough in Los Angeles, we have Radha Krishna temple, but the de Radha Krishna deities, but they're called Rukmini Dorkadish. Did you know that? If you go to our Los Angeles temple, that's the name of Radha and Krishna there, Rukmini Dorkadish. So they're included in that. Uh, Hare Krishna, Prabhuji. I have one question. You were mentioning about uh, unity. So, how can I check always uh, whether I am in unity with uh, uh, GBC and Shila Prabhupada? Well, uh, I, I think that at least if ISKCON is running properly, sometimes it's not. <laughs> Where it's running properly, there should be local people who can who can tell you what what every temple president uh, is under the supervision, and every temple is under the supervision of a GBC. So you you have Mother Dina Sharna, who's GBC for Germany. I was GBC for Germany for some time, uh, and uh, uh, there there. You don't have to go to them directly, but who's ever the temple president or other senior devotees or sannyasis, they, they also uh, are in uh, uh, contact with the GBC. The GBC meets every year, it publishes uh, its resolutions, and we try to get every uh, communication down to the uh, local level. Uh, so the best way is is, is, is is to go to the people that are authorized uh, people and can tell you uh, what uh, what is needed and what the GBC is interested in doing. Uh, for example, uh, I see posters all over 50th anniversary of ISKCON that was started, that idea was started by the GBC. A recognition of uh, 50 years of ISKCON, and we're doing various things for that. So this leads up, and all over the world, everybody's uh, 
of observing that. Well, that's my, my suggestion. Uh, yeah. Uh, and uh, uh, probably you were also mentioning about cooperation. So uh, many a times uh, I find myself uh, uh, not able to cooperate completely with my uh, authorities and my friends and other devotees. So how can I improve this? Well, you should be able to sit down uh, uh, and discuss these things in a friendly manner. In a friendly manner. Uh, there may be disagreement, that's natural, because we're all individuals. Uh, and, when, and when the disagreement is, let's serve Krishna like this, no, let's serve Krishna like that. We want to go and chant in this place, and other people want to go and chant in that place. Prabhupada called that transcendental disagreement. So you should not have hard feelings uh, against devotees. Uh, the, the, the key to our cooperation is to appreciate devotees. Uh, we, we should do that. And, and of course, sometimes... Devotees are very different from each other. I mean, myself, until I became a devotee, I didn't know the human race. Because I realized I, I, that, that I like a normal social person, the only people I got to know well were people who were intellectually or culturally or economically compatible. And suddenly I was living and working with, I moved into a temple, living and working with people like I had never, or if I'd see them on the street, I'd say, you know, okay, I'll get to know this person. Now they're devotees. So you'll find out that these things, you know, the, 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 the kind of similarities that we look for, for, cultural, economic, social, educational, the kind of people uh, that we select people on Dalton, nothing counts. The only thing that counts is they're interested in Krishna. So you have to look to that part, how they're interested in Krishna. And keep Krishna in the center of the relationship. And if you have to disagree, that's all right. But it should be done in a respectful manner. The really thing is, when we... Um, when we find fault with devotees, when we are hostile to devotees, when we, as we say, committed offend devotees, Vaishnava Aparat, we have this special term for this, offending a devotees, it hurts us. And even if you can't like that devotee for what they are, you have to say, well, at least they're trying to become better. At least they have the right ideals. So you can appreciate somebody, maybe not for what they are right now, but what they're trying to become. And you should become their servant. You should help them. And whatever you can do, wish people well. But we're human beings. We're always going to not be, uh, you know, singing the same notes on the same page at the same time. That's true enough. Uh, except, of course, we hope we do that in 
people were chanting. But, <laughs> Anything else? Okay. We continue the program then? Us no? Hari Bol Prabhuji. I have a question. Yeah. Uh, Krishna Krishna like uh, like uh, he created this whole world, this whole universe, everything. Then then like uh, why did he create uh, Christian Christians, Muslims, Hinduisms, Buddhisms, and so many different kinds of religion. So many people, so many people, my German friends, they ask me this question. If you think, if you think that uh, God is one, everything is one, then uh, how it is possible that we have Jesus, they have like this, and they have like this. Why did he create so many different kinds of religions to so that the people, so that the people, they don't trust other religions yeah. like this, so... Well, there's a certain thing that's called maya, illusion. And if we fall under that illusion, uh, then we have only ourselves to blame. There's only one religion. Do you know the word for religion in, in Sanskrit? It's dharma. Now, Dharma doesn't mean a particular faith. I hear people say even Hindu Dharma, Christian Dharma. No. Dharma, Dharma means that by which a thing is what it is. It's essential nature. So Dharma can't be changed. It's our essential nature. And that religion is we are servants of God. So, as far as I'm concerned, Jesus is a Vaishnava. Muhammad is a Vaishnava. Oh, even Buddha is a Vaishnava, believe it or not. So these are all, actually there's only one religion. Now, they develop in different ways and they get covered in different ways by, uh, by things like that. But, but uh, we ourselves as, as devotees of Krishna have no objection. When Prabhupada went to Australia and there were very strong Christians there, he said, even if you have a statue of Lord Jesus on your altar, that's fine. Come with Jesus there. He's a Vaishnava. He gave his life so that others could, no, that's pretty good. He's a great Vaishnava. He just said, uh, one thing, stop killing cows. And said, you should just stop killing cows. He said, actually, give us all the cows. We'll take care of all the cows. And if you want to eat cow meat, when they die, you can come and take them. That's what he said. So if you really want to eat meat, you can still do it. Just don't kill the cows. That was his suggestion. Uh, so re- really, uh, if, if you look uh, at the very saintly people and any religious tradition, you'll find that they're very much alike. 
when you get down to the people in any religious tradition who are not not so saintly, then they busy hating other religions. And so uh, this uh, <coughs> this uh, hostility where uh, uh, religions are fighting with each other it, it is maya. It is illusion. We don't have to be an illusion. Did you know that the great Christian St. Francis preached to birds? Now most Christian believes that animals have no soul. What is St. Francis doing preaching to birds if they have no soul? Because he could see. Now maybe the church officially didn't recognize it, but he was purified enough that he could see it. So we want to see people become more pure. How can I help somebody become more pure? First of all, I have to take care of myself, that I become more pure. Then I can help other people become more pure. But I can't sit around sitting in my own garbage and want other people to be better. I have to show the example. That's my... So if we become all better devotees of Krishna, you'll see it will have that big effect. And people will gradually come to understand uh, that, that there's only one religion. There's only Dharma. That we are all servants of God. It would be nice if that happened. Everybody had that idea. Okay. Anything else? Yeah? I think maybe there's a microphone that you could amplify your voice with. Question. Uh, you said in the uh, mundane world uh, we are different uh, from our both our body. And in uh, spiritual world, is, uh, jiva is not dif uh, different from body. Yes. It's, but uh, I heard uh, uh, jiva is uh, so small, smaller as uh, hair. Is spiritual world uh, so small? One ten thousandth the tip of the hair inside. Yes. Yeah. Is spiritual world small? No, can grow. <laughs> yeah, just the one where, where it's here in the world it becomes very tiny. So it can be covered by matter. Okay. All right. Yeah. So one question from my side is, so then does the jiva also have a form or it gets a body in the spiritual world? Uh, his body is his own form, it just becomes manifest. Uh, uh, yeah, it's he, he, not a, yeah, he doesn't get a body. He is a spiritual body, but it kind of gets compacted together, you know, so it's not manifest. And our personality becomes manifest uh, in various other uh, material bodies. Sometimes we have two hands, sometimes we have paws, some, <laughs> some, sometimes we have fins, whatever, you know. 
so we can take all those different bodies. Uh, but there, it's our own form. That body, we have a relationship with Krishna, and then from that relationship, we learn who we are. That is what comes out. We become ourselves fully manifest. Yeah, in the back. Uh, he says in spiritual world there is no electricity. <laughs> <laughs> but everything is uh, effulgent because of these uh, special jewels. Yes. Well, they say it's self-effulgent. Everything is effulgent. So there, there may be electricity, but you don't need it. And, uh, Who wants to work in a electric? In the spiritual world, there is sun also? Uh, hmm, never thought about that. He said that, what he said that there's no need for sun, moon, or electricity. Or if you need those things because you'd like to look at the moon, you yeah, can show up. <laughs> Not maybe this moon, but some moon will be there. I would like to understand how is the um, manifestation of day and night in spiritual world. When, when the Krishna and the devotees want day, they get day. When they don't want night, they get night. Uh, you get, uh, yeah, sure. Whatever, whatever you want. It's, the spiritual world is very different from this world. But you'll notice how, how much we don't understand about this world. Just imagine the spiritual world. So we have our descriptions, it's best just to accept them and then go there and see for yourself. Take that trip. We can become qualified to go there and then you'll see what it is. If there's a sun, if there's a moon, if there's stars, great, fantastic, but they'll be very special. Thank you, Doctor. Uh, there is one unanimous question. Anonymous, sorry. Anonymous, yeah. Anonymous. <laughs> uh, how to remember Shikshastakam prayers by chanting? How to remember the Shastakam prayers by chanting? I'll tell you how I do it. First of all, I have memorized the Shikshastakam prayers very carefully, uh, and so that. Uh, although I don't have very much Sanskrit, I'm able to say the prayers without having to translate them in my mind. So I, 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 I learn the prayers very, very well. Especially those prayers. So when I say nam namakari bakuda nija sarva shaktasta tarpita niyamita smarane nakalaha etadvisita mokipa abhagavan I don't have to translate. I know what it says. And then I took a hint from Bhaktivinotakur's book he wrote about the Shishastika. And he says that the Hare Krishna Mahamantra consists of eight pairs of names. The first pair of names corresponds to the first verse of the Shishastika, 
the second pair to the second verse, and so on. So, when I chant the Hare Krishna mantra, I don't do this every time, but many times, I have memorized the, the verse so that I can go Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare, and sort of like a, accompany it, there's the eight verses of Shishastaka. And it doesn't distract me from the Hare Krishna Mahamantra, rather it intensifies it. That's how I do it. <laughs> Taking this hint from Bhaktivinoda Thakur. Uh, took me a little while to get there, but, uh, but it's very, very good to, to understand the Shishastaka prayers. Uh, to understand they also take you through the whole step by step from the beginning uh, you know there's a list in the beginning one has to have some some preliminary faith and then there will be anartanirvitti the removal of unwanted things and then you'll actually then the next stage will be uh, uh, ruchi taste for chanting the Hare Krishna mantra and then asakti addiction addicted to Krishna consciousness addicted to the holy names and then bhava ecstasies and then prema there's a whole list of one after another there's eight steps leading up to, to prema that are in the Shishastaka prayers and so you can think of where you are going. The last two prayers are about prema. Uh, prema uh, uh, in union, and then prema, which is even higher, in separation. So we should, we should learn these things. All this esoteric knowledge can be pretty much found in the Chaitanya Charita especially if you read the last chapter of the last book it's Lord Chaitanya is reciting the Shishastika prayers uh, to his companions Ramananda Roy and Sarvabhavata Ramananda Roy I think Sarvabhavata Charya is reciting this uh, to them uh, and there uh, tells what Mahaprabhu is feeling uh, when he chants each of those prayers, and uh, it's, yeah, it's very, very useful. And then expands on them a little bit when you get to it toward the end. That was a very good thing to, to learn that. We have to chant the Hare Krishna Maha Mantra. If you want to have the effect of the chanting, we have to chant the Hare Krishna Maha Mantra while giving up offenses. Now the ten offenses against the Holy Name, the most devoted we have learned. Bhaktivinantaku gives a very interesting observation. That the, the, the offense called inattentiveness while chanting, he says, it is the seed bed from which all the other offenses grow. So that's very interesting when you are chanting the Hare Krishna Maha Mantra, try not to be inattentive. 
pay attention to the holy name. Now most of us we go Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, 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 Hare Hare. And then we notice, whoa, I'm thinking about something over here. My my voice to go Hare Krishna, but my mind has gone elsewhere. What do I do when I discover this? Bring it back. Again, put your mind force it to bow down to the holy name. Because you discover as some famous prayers say, oh my mind, you are not a Vaishnava. <laughs> so, I am a devotee, I want to become a Vaishnava, but this mind is not. Now how can that be? Well, you know when we change bodies, our mind comes with us. When we transmigrate, uh, uh, we get a new gross body, but the subtle body comes with us. So God knows what's in that subtle body. But things are there that I've dragged back from my previous births. So we have to purify the mind. It's really, I mean, yoga is about the mind, about purifying the mind and controlling the mind. So once you start to do that, you find yourself in a mortal combat with your mind. So fight that fight. Make your mind as when your mind goes. When we're just doing that, when we're just trying, when we're just making the effort uh, uh, to focus the mind on Krishna consciousness, we are chanting on the clearing stage. There's three stages of chanting: uh, offensive, clearing, and pure. In the offensive stage, there's just namaparad. Bhaktivinotapur says namaparad is practically no better than letters of the alphabet. My mind is wandering. I'm, oh yeah. Somebody said to me once while chanting, I get so many good ideas when I chant. This is namaparad. Practically no better than letters of the alphabet. Pretty devastating comment, but that's what Bhaktivinotapur said. But you can immediately come to the clearing stage of chanting. When then it becomes uh, not the pure name, but Namabasa, the uh, reflection or dawning twilight of the name. Uh, Namabasa, yeah, Abasa means the projection of light into darkness. And even that Namabasa, According to our Namacharya Haridas Thakur, this is in the Chaitanya Shaitamita, uh, he said that Namabasa destroys all sinful reactions and the fruit is mukti. Whereas the Shudanam, the pure name, its result is Krishna Prema. So we can get on that Namabasa platform just by trying to control the mind. Goes away, bring it back. Goes away, bring it back. Uh, that's uh, how uh, I should practice. And then gradually the mind will become under control. I read the sixth chapter of the Bhagavad Gita. Krishna says, Arjuna says to Krishna, I think it's impossible to control the mind. It's like trying to control the wind. All, all our objections are right there on the page. Arjuna says them. How is it possible to control the mind? And, and Krishna says, yeah, you can do it. Two things. 
constant practice and detachment, then it will happen. So it requires some practice. But that but but as soon as we try to chant on the clearing stage, you'll see things start to change. Right away. Devotees become more attractive. You like them better. You pick up some book uh, by Prabhupada and you're, wow, I didn't know that was there. Suddenly you see things you didn't see before. Suddenly you have hope. All simply by trying to pay attention. So this is that recommended process. To chant while trying to give up offenses, beginning with this inattentiveness while chanting. And then you can deal with all the other offenses. And it's really simple. You sit there, you get some beads, and you've got the whole history. See, life is complicated. Many things are going on. There's this person, this person, that thing, this problem. But when you sit to chant, it's really simple. There's you. There's the holy name, and there's your mind. Three people on stage, or three entities on stage. And you just look at You're showing Krishna... We're showing Krishna that we are interested. And when he sees that we are really interested, then he responds. This is what will happen. Yeah? You need a microphone up here? Where is it? Disappeared, huh? Uh, just taking time into consideration thinking that we might have to wind up. Oh yeah, anytime. I'm ready to stop whenever you are. One last question. Thank you for this uh, good idea like that we have to practice and detachment. Mm -hmm. So sometimes... Constant practice. Yeah, constant practice. So in my own japa, sometimes I'm shifting between, sometimes my mind is wandering, sometimes, yes, I'm trying to concentrate, constantly like, yes, I have to concentrate now, only three people on the stage, as you yeah, said. Yeah. So, is there any particular tip what you can give us to keep that practice a little bit stronger? Well, you can just try to do whatever you do that works and makes it better. Everyone's in different circumstances. You know, and sometimes we we have good days and bad days, and the planets change. You know, you can't you can't help that. Just don't quit. All I can say is just keep trying. You know, you have a fight with your wife, your mind is disturbed. It's really going to be hard to like. And nobody, you know, if you have a spouse, you're going to fight. Uh, so you know, the, the, these these things happen. There's good days and bad days. But, but uh, whenever ever, ever you can, just don't waste time. Is there any particular tip like this? Well, there's, yeah, there's a few, uh, there's a few things that, that, that may help you. Um, when I first started chanting Hare Krishna, I found out that I could take a... I didn't have a temple room or anything, I, but uh, I had a prayer rug, actually a Muslim prayer rug, so somebody gave me. And I just found if I, if I took the ordinary living room, which was the scene of many various kinds of activities, put the prayer rug down and sat on it and chanted, it helped. I made a special place, you know. Some people, if you have a special place, it helps. 
I didn't have a special place, but just a rug. And it doesn't have to be a prayer rug. It could be a rug, something that makes it special. Or if you like incense, you have a special incense, you only light that. Something to create uh, a positive mental atmosphere. Uh, uh, that that something like that will will be uh, 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 useful. And if you talk to other devotees, they may have other uh, uh, little tricks that help them. I mean, best thing is a sacred place, you know, <laughs> the forest, <laughs> whatever, you know, away from. But we, where, where can we go? You know, we have to we have to kind of create this this this, this uh, for ourselves. So if you have a village, you have a little room that's only reserved for a japa or a rug or a seat or something like that. Put a charter on that you wear during japa. Something that puts you in the mood. You know, that that will, will help. So it's just a question of basic psychological pr uh, principle of, of association so that these things will there get you in, 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 the, in the right frame of mind that's uh, preparatory. Okay? I think we have to stop now and uh, go on with our program. Thank you very much. Hare Krishna.